This podcast is proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry. Hi, I'm Gordon Muller. I'm the guru in the Doc and Guru podcast. Thanks for being with us. For those of you who don't know me, I've spent over 40 years in the media industry in South Africa and uh, pretty much made it my home, my life, my passion. I have other passions, unfortunately, for my sins. I'm an Arsenal supporter and a Shark supporter, so we're going to do pretty much everything on the show as it pertains to media, marketing and money, but we don't take jokes about Arsenal or the Sharks. I'm Doug Mateus, uh, the doc on the show. Uh, and again, for those of you who don't know me, I've uh, spent 30 years in, in uh, various companies in South Africa uh, running uh, different marketing functions. And the last job I had, I was privileged in, uh, enough to work with a team that took uh, the brand to the fastest growing brand in South Africa in 2018 with a 47% year-on-year growth. So that was a, a great achievement uh, for the team and, and, and I'm really proud of that. Uh, from a personal point of view, I do a little bit of cycling uh, and also snow skiing. So we quite enjoy that. But again, uh, today's discussion is around all things marketing and media. Yep, that's right, Doc. All things marketing and media. No subject too big, no topic too small, no subject too hot to handle. Please get in touch with us on our Facebook page, follow us, like us, whatever it takes. We would love you to be involved with the show and uh, we really want to make it as inclusive and as energetic as I know this industry is capable of. Morning, Doc. Good to have you back in studio again this morning. We're on a roll. We're uh, not locked down anymore. We're out here doing our thing. <laughs> it's normalizing, Gordon. How's it uh, to all our listeners out there? Great that you could join us this week. Yeah, it is nice, you know, Gordon, to have that, that you know, and it's been long spoken about, that that personal, the eye contact. And, and there's a lot for, for Zoom in teams, and, and, and one's got to give it that. But it is nice to just break it up. And I guess the future's hybrid, you know, and I think we're going we're gonna to be in this sort of world for, for a while to come. Yeah, there's a lot of, and they're talking about hybrid there's a lot of interesting developments in in the digital sector which, which were kind of intriguing for me in the last week or so i mean amazon reporting now that advertising is their fastest growing revenue stream it's up 50 percent their online stores uh and is only up 3.3 percent year mm. on year quarter three 2021 yeah. but advertising is up you know, by by fifty percent, a whopping fifty percent. That's mm. extraordinary. So there's all sorts of dynamics shifting in that kind of online space. But uh, today we have got somebody who's managed to straddle the the online, the digital world with the the legacy media, as they are increasingly being referred to. Uh, Monique Clarkson, head of uh, media insights at Cantar South Africa. It's great to have you in studio. And I um, mean, we're on a roll with Cantar. I can't actually keep up, Monique, with all the the reports you guys are pushing out. So oh, welcome. Good morning, and thanks so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. So we've got to choose, Doc. I mean, I think we've had the media insights, we've had the Africa Life, uh, or media reactions, I should mm -hmm. say, Africa Life report. We yeah. spoke with Ivan. Um, there's also your uh, Master Chef media planning reports. There's a whole bunch of things, but they're all kind of intersecting on that word hybrid, which is mm -hmm. kind of the space I got into. So let, let's start off, Monique, by uh, 
picking up on the Media Reactions 2021 report, um, new insights about media preferences from over 4,000 consumers in 23 markets um, and 700 marketing professionals which were uh, were interviewed. Just give us a bit of the backdrop on, on that Media Reactions report, how it's evolved to where it is now. Sure. So we started off with the Media Reactions report, really trying to understand the disconnect or the divide or the differences between marketers and consumers and how media planners and strategists and brands need to think about media planning. Obviously, with with COVID and lockdowns and huge interest in gender inclusion and diversity, and the report has changed quite domestically um, to, to look at the environment globally that we find ourselves in now. And it is a very, very different one compared to even where we were two years ago. Yeah, we're going to pick up on some of those points, some of the disconnects that uh, are highlighted in, the, in your media reaction report and your MasterChef report uh, is that disconnect between marketers and consumers, which I found from a media perspective incredibly enlightening and, and more than a little bit alarming. But um, one of the interesting evolutions in the media actions report is that you went from a com- combination of your old ad reaction report and then getting media rights studies. And part of the getting media right was this... Uh, getting gender right um, and, and the whole diversity and inclusion um, initiative, which is really, really important. So we're going to talk about that and unpack that a little bit later on. But I mean, you know, just at a glance, you know, um, one of the interesting developments in the last week or two regarding that the gender uh, space uh, and, and also the kind of the reaction was the John Lewis ad. So what do we learn about doing things right from John Lewis? I'll just sit back and let you two incriminate yourselves one way or the other. I, I, one thing about this kind of diverse and inclusion discussion, you're either going to come out a hero or you're going to come out with egg on your face. There's no mid-ground on this one. Who are you going to say, but on, on the other hand? <laughs> I, look, I, I think that I can understand where John Lewis is coming from. And they obviously wanted to have uh, inclusion, diversity, gender, agenda. Mm. But this is a good example of where it was used more as a tick box uh, mechanism and went horribly wrong Mm. uh, versus some, and the reason it went horribly wrong is because the character, the the gender or the the non-cisgender of that character had actually nothing to do with ad whatsoever and that character could be played by anyone so it was it was really just a a portrayal of just a a checkbox having someone in place for a checkbox and what we find out from all our studies is that when brands get it right it is an authentic human story behind that ad so In contrast to John Lewis, there's a global Heineken ad, which is lovely. And if Mm. you haven't seen it, that that really is about breaking stereotypes. And that ad is really about um, in lots of different spaces, women and men and their drinks getting mixed up. And um, all the Heineken's automatically going to the men and all the umbrella drinks automatically going to the women. And then they sort of look at each other and exchange drinks. So, So that's a wonderful example of breaking a gender stereotype. What John Lewis did was, I, I think, quite inauthentic, and that's mm. probably what created a bit of the, the backlash and, and the, the candor. 
Yeah. It's yeah. an old woke washing, I think, Gordon. Yes, and I think you've, we've spoken you've at, at some before, stage yeah. about that as well. Where you try to force fit things, you know, and I guess the world is is, is moving in that way and I think people are, are seeing things differently and, and correctly so, you know, you embracing differences. And I think a lot of the dove work of the past, and certainly when I go back to a few years back, uh, the beauty within I think the campaign was with a sketch artist, mm. you know, and and I mean they were talking about people sometimes are more critical of themselves than somebody else. So it is about self-love and, and, and appreciation of yourself. Um, the current work they're doing now is reverse the selfie, you know, the, the young lady and, and you don't have to do the makeup mm. and, yeah. you know, off air and just, and again, maybe we touch on it, you know, a lot of the fake news on, on social. The, the, thing, the thing about that ad and the thing about other ads is that that's authentic, yeah. right? It's got an authentic human narrative and experience. Mm. Um, and there's another ad which is also beautiful in terms of gender and stereotyping. It's a Starbucks ad, mm. um, and it is a transgendered girl, and she hates being called by by her female name. When she walks into Starbucks, she puts she puts Mark on her coffee cup, mm. and they actually call her by Mark. Yeah. And the the strap line is is really about being you know, we always have a place for you and everyone is mm. welcome. And that again is a, is a beautiful, authentic story. It's yeah. not trying to force fit a character mm. for a checkbox. Yeah, and I think, you know, I haven't seen that piece of work, but I mean, as you were explaining it, you can you can almost see, because we've all seen, well, I say we all, a lot of us have seen the Starbucks, the, the name shouting out type thing. But I mean, just talking a little bit about uh, some of the Nike work coming through, I mean, women breastfeeding in their commercials, plus size models, very different departure. You know, uh, again, we don't want to go back to the Colin Kaepernick stuff but i mean it probably started along there uh victoria's secrets is no more uh you know that that has come and gone sports illustrated broke ageism uh last year or the year before gordon they put a 56 year old model now before you say i've got a chance <laughs> just because we're the similar age doesn't mean i've got a chance but i mean they broke they broke the mold you know yeah. putting a lady who traditionally in most normal modeling magazines would be far too old you know so i think those are the things where you look at it and you say to yourself I don't think it's forced, you know. Uh, and certainly, you know, in Nike's case, everyone's an athlete is, is yeah. kind of the, the theme yeah. that they're going with it. What, what, what's interesting for me, just looking at, at, at the shift in narrative in the last couple of months, and, and your, your media reactions report is, is one of a number of reports playing into this quality environment space, mm -hmm. um, is another initiative from the World uh, Advertising Research Council. And they're talking about conscious media planning. And I've just been through the report and they isolate a couple of activities or, or expectations from media planners that you should prioritize quality media environments, support uh, uh, diversity and inclusion, which we've been talking about yeah. now, um, and then adopt. And they say that it, everyone's got to come a, a whole bunch of block lists. So mm -hmm. don't do that. But what you need to do, uh, do is develop inclusion lists. And I was just wondering, that's kind of an intriguing thing from a media point of view because it plays right back to the Media Action Report. Yeah. Quality environments in media include relevance to me um, in, in, in my life. So it's a tough one, Doc. I mean, if I come to you and as a marketer and I'm your media guy um, because they're saying, uh, and I'm quoting, um, advocates for uh, conscious media planning should... Um, you know, push clients beyond what they actually ask for an inclusion. So whether you like it or not, I'm going to start telling you this is where we need to to put your media type. So we used to do that during the apartheid years. I, I took a great deal of pride in in in, in 
trying to convince uh, my clients that advertising in places like Freya Werkblatt and uh, and community-based media was and is a good thing, and I still do. The advantage of community media is you go beyond the numbers that they deliver to the actual engagement with the community. So what kind of premium would you put on quality, Doc, and how would you begin to – where would you draw the line yeah. if I came to you with a premium on, on, on a, inverted commas, quality environment? Yeah, I think, Gordon, and again, you know, just for the sake of our listeners, Monique, we'll be speaking off-air about the complexities and, and again, the real and perceived complexities of, of not a media planning, market planning, mm. business planning, scenarios, strategies, and so on. And I think, Gordon, for me, I, I've always placed – a, a degree of trust in the specialists around us, you know, because even when I say even, it was only a few years back when I was running brands, I couldn't, I couldn't be an expert in everything. So I'd look at media and media shop and Chris Boerta and Cohen, we've had Chris on and, and his team and Wayne Bishop we've worked with. You know, there's certain guys that you trust to do stuff. Unfortunately, and not just on the media side, look on the, on the strategy side, there were a lot of guys who were iffy, you know what I mean? I'd, I'd back my, my own self to do the job rather than them. Now, that's not a great place to be, you know, and I've always wanted, and again, it's that cliche of buying the messenger before the message. I've, I've worked with some great people, Gordon, who you can say, listen, what do you think? I don't know all the answers. Mm. You know, that's complex. But you've got to know my business. And I think one of the points we made a few weeks back um, is about care. You know, it's about media guys and creative guys caring about a brand. And if you care deeply about the business, then you can give me an insight and it will be backed up and it's a, it's a very good insight. Otherwise, it's just an opinion. Yeah. You know, I might as well just ask some guy at the bus well, shelter, you know. Which is, which is a great way to loop back to Monique now. So, I mean, I think, you know, looking back on my own time as an active planner, you've always got to try and benchmark your uh, challenge to client in, in the market itself. So, it can't be your opinion. Okay, um, I, I, whether I like community media or not, it's not the issue. It's whether the community engages or not. And I think if we come back to that, uh, your media reaction study, uh, you've developed an overall ad equity metric, which measures audience attitudes to ads in different environments. And that's the key at the end mm. of the day. Right. Uh, you can tick the box, but you need the approval of the audience before you tick it, I would guess. So take us through some of the key metrics and that, that equity and how you've arrived at the conclusions in that study? Sure. So in, in that equity study, it's, it's a global benchmark of all different kinds of channels and platforms. And in South Africa, we actually see that um, it is the off, all the offline channels are there in the top 10. So um, out of home, print, radio, news, even TV, they are consumers are far more receptive to advertising within those spaces. The only digital channel to crack that top 10 is actually digital out of home. Um, but again, it's, it's a non-intrusive environment. So one could argue that you might be chasing numbers as a, a media planner or a media strategist. You might be chasing audience figures, but the world has changed so dramatically. It is not just about the numbers. It, it is about the quality of that audience. And what we do see is that those digital channels where marketers and no audiences are, and of course they are, we've seen that, we've seen digital consumption increase tenfold in, in the last two years. Um, but it doesn't mean that people want to see your ads there. The consumers in South Africa are least receptive to advertising across all digital platforms and online video and mobile gaming be, being the least receptive because it is the most intrusive. Um, and, I, and I think that's interesting. So it really is about not just the audiences, not just about reach and frequency anymore. It's not. Um, it, it really is about quality reach. And, and we would advocate that 
brands focus on that quality reach. You're listening to The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media. Yeah, I think, you know, just talking, and again, you know, listening to you, it, it, it makes sense intuitively. You know, you just say to yourself, well, you're going to have a good piece of work, whatever that piece of work must be, uh, and stick it in the environment. But I mean, you know, I, I don't know the answer. And, and, and again, Gordon, it goes back to the concerns we've had about not just the article that came out of MasterCard. It's been many people written about it. The, the complexity of marketing, and I'm going to add another lens to it. I don't know what the skill level, and we've touched on this many times, the skill level of South African marketers, whether it's increasing or whether it's decreasing. Now, if, and I'm not saying it is, I'm saying if it's coming off and and you don't really have a grasp on, on the discipline, one, you're fighting for your place, which is that article, but secondly, and, and for me, more importantly than a positioning piece, is to actually do the right work. So what you end up doing is you end up trusting people more, you trust your partners more. Now, I don't know whether their skill levels increased or not. The problem is if the whole thing's sinking. Now, I can tell you that I've spoken to a few people and they're very different views on this. Some people are saying, look, the quality is, is, is not, as, not as good as it once was. You know, so then you've got to rely on, an, and I'm not just looking at Cantor, as, but one example of outside experts who say, listen, here's the piece of, of research that you actually need to work through. Because part of the discipline, Gordon, and I've seen it many times, is we would buy a piece of research, but we were just too lazy to work through the findings. But we felt better because <laughs> we had it. You know, uh, and, and I think that the challenge when you're finding that it's more complex, and I think we've agreed that, what you don't want to then end up doing is buying what's popular, you know, yep. about TikTok, about short, I've heard this term short film video, I've heard snackable content, and that's the buzzword, and, and that's what you end up buying because that's the cool thing, and that's your point earlier. Maybe the audience and the marketer are at divergence, and one of the things that we've seen is we often got bored of our own work long before the market got bored of it because we made it and we saw it. And uh, and we wanted to change it and flip it, yeah. but you know the market is saying it's that also, piece of it's, it's not. You mentioned TikTok, but and and it's great. We know TikTok is growing, and mm. again, we know that there's an audience for TikTok which is actually older than you might think. So it's it's twenty plus in South mm. Africa, which is the key target audience for a lot of brands. But it doesn't mean that your brand has a space there. It doesn't mean that that is the right um, space for your brand to be in. Just because it is growing and it is you know it is entertaining. Yeah, I mean that you know these challenges or these new discoveries. Um, I'm yeah, I'm going to read something here. Advertisers expect their messages and advertising to be planned and executed in the right medium, at the right moment in time and space to to reach the agreed target effectively and efficiently, which sounds about right. You know, I wrote that in, in my textbook in 1996. So. It's, it's, it's not a new discovery, but I think it's taken on new dimensions. And the phrase, I, you know, amongst the half a dozen phrases I wish I'd invented, I think I'm going to attribute it to, to the big fella, Andy Rice, because the first time I heard it from anybody was from him. Don't interrupt the thing I'm interested in. Be the thing I'm yeah. interested in. And I think yeah. that's why the TikTok uh, revolution has been interesting for me, because when we had TikTok on the show, we talked about the creative onion where on the old advertising kind of approach, you create a piece of creative content and you try and force it into my universe via intrusive media. Yep. But with TikTok, the starting point is the creative message and it radiates outwards. And I think that's the magic of, of that particular platform. 
And it's and it's also so so the thing with TikTok is that you're going to when you reach the right consumer on TikTok, they're going to be incredibly engaged, and and that quality of that engagement is going to be huge, um, which is very different to a mass audience such as terrestrial or, or linear TV. Mm. Um, it is a very different audience, but it's also a very different experience. So mm. that's the, I think it's very tricky for marketers to balance all these metrics because it's not just about reach so it's not just about numbers mm -hmm. and you're talking there about effectively and efficiently so the question is how do you measure efficient reach and how do you measure is it efficient reach or is it effective reach because i would argue the world has changed so much now mm -hmm. you literally can't have both yeah, look, I mean, that reach and effective reach uh, debate is something which um, Cantor in its previous iteration as Millwood Brown were, were, were leading thinkers in that. And I might add that uh, I think you came up with an optimal frequency at one point for TV <laughs> commercial, something like 13 opportunities to see, which cost about 100 million a month. So it wasn't it was a nice idea, but it didn't work. Um, but that narrative has shifted now into that effective space and i guess the answer comes back you know to attribution modeling if you're not attribution modeling from the the get go yeah. then you don't know where those those critical points those points of critical mass are you're just going to keep buying more and more audience which was a marvelous system in the 50s 60s and 70s that was the basis on which we we did commissions I, you know i gave you gave me a lot of money i spent a lot of money i got a lot of commission everyone was happy but the moment the world went into a kind of a sales decline or a, or a plateau and you started as a client asking me those awkward questions like why aren't my sales going up i, I kind of ran out of ideas so <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but you know, talking about dilemmas, you you isolate in that in your uh, media uh, reactions report three dilemmas: the digital dilemma, the global dilemma, and the innovators dilemma. Take us through those three dilemmas because each one of those had a unique lens, which I found fascinating. Sure. So the digital di the digital dilemma was really talking about and um, that divide between marketers and consumers, where marketers. Um, favor intrusive digital platforms and and in 2022 they all said you know we're definitely going to invest more behind online videos social media stories and social social media news feeds all digitally led platforms but consumers are the least receptive to advertising in those platforms and in a lot of those platforms find them the least trustworthy as well so it so that really is around the digital um dilemma mm. And I, I find it fascinating because we know what's been happening in the print industry yeah, in that's South the, Africa. That's the amazing set I was going to I was going to ask you about. Yeah, so we we know what's been happening in the print industry in South Africa, and we and we've seen multiple titles close. We know about circulation numbers, and and we know that marketers are saying mm, they, they you know they're definitely thinking of of pulling spend, so still spending, but yeah. spending less within within newspapers and magazines. But interestingly enough. It's, it's one, those two particular channels are where consumers are most receptive to advertising and have the highest trustworthy scores. Mm. So again, it comes back down to the reach versus the quality of the reach and, and that halo effect that, you know, advertising in a particular channel can have. For your brand. And, and particularly, I mean, if you go back again to old metrics, which is what an ABC circulation certificate was about, and if we go back to the early studies of trust done by the Reader's Digest in the 80s and the 90s, they could show that that trust 
also correlated very closely with whether you purchased the, the, the magazine title or newspaper title or whether it was just given to you for free. So, yeah, of course, if I go out and I buy The Economist, um, I have a vested interest in, in trusting that content. So purchasing of the medium mm. as opposed to coincidental exposure is critical. So the second point then was the global dilemma, which I am also find really interesting. So the global dilemma is really around global digital players, the likes of Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, um, YouTube, etc. And how brands that are international global brands, how you use those different platforms within a local context. Mm. And of course, we know South Africans, we know how big Facebook, WhatsApp, Instagram, YouTube are here. But we also find um, some local jewels within that study. So we find our, our local news sites, News24, ranking incredibly highly within mm. that digital space. Mm. So it is about understanding the, those local jewels and the regional jewels with, within within all the platforms that you have access to. And, and we call that the global dilemma. Yeah. So you have to global platforms and marketers understanding how global platforms work yeah. but you also have to be um, really in tune with with local content and what's happening on a local level and and and, and trust is part of that as well that's critical so you, you mentioned news 24 there i mean um i've been kind of exploring the whole disinformation access mm. and and didn't realize they were just how close we got to implementing some of these uh, strategies rather than it just being a theory. So the Global Disinformation Index is fascinating and a, and a report they did on South Africa of 35 websites isolated them to minimum risk, which was the healthiest uh, category and right up to high risk. So of the 35 sites that they um, analyzed, only three were minimum risk, which was Fin24, News24 and, and here's, the, here's the wake up call to us who have kind of maybe missed the point sabc news was a minimum risk source of of information um 50 of those 35 sites that they analyzed were high risk in terms of dissemination of disinformation which i found really quite alarming so trust again in in the source is a critical thing and again if we go back to the reader's digest studies in the 80s and the 90s trust in in editorial content converted to trust and advertising, better noting, better liking, better predisposition to purchase, all those kinds of things. So third point, um, the innovator's dilemma, also an intriguing uh, lens into this whole media reaction thing. So, so the innovator's dilemma, again, goes around trends, right? So we know that TikTok is growing, and we know that in in the space of digital, you can be incredibly innovative, you can be more engaging, um, but it really is balancing that that innovation and engaging and with with consumer receptivity. And one of the key things from from that report around digital advertising is that unlike any other channel platform, where if you get the ad horribly wrong, um, there, there isn't a massive negative impact on your brand. It's not as though someone um, is going to now stop purchasing your brand entirely. Mm -hmm. So if you have a TV ad and you see it and you don't particularly like it, that's fine. But if you have a, a digital video ad and you see it and you don't like it and you keep getting retargeted with the same ad, we have found time and time again that that will actually force consumers to switch their purchasing mm -hmm. behavior. So getting it wrong in digital is, is the most um, challenging 
thing for your brand because mm. if you get it wrong you can lose market share but it's also the place that you can get it exceptionally right because mm. it's so engaging and that's where the balance between great content mm. and great creative and relevant content um, needs to be struck. Yeah, and I think Monique, just uh, you know, looking at 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 your report and and both reports, um, I mean, one of the digital channels that I think, and if I read it correctly, that's got a higher trust level and more accepting is podcasts. Is that right? That's comes through Gordon. That's quite encouraging. Yes, it for is us, encouraging. You know, yeah. uh, that people are, are are listening, tuning in. It's not just forced to you. You got the option of mm. listening or not listening. And then I think there was also the whole issue of of influencers. So if we can't just spend two minutes just giving us a snapshot view on on what is the trust factor and the uh, acceptance of of influencers in the local market. Sure. So, so influencers are. I mean, we did a we did a whole study and a whole paper on this last year, actually, around influencer marketing. And again, it, it depends because influencer marketing is not something that you know you can put into one bucket and mm. put a little string around it and say, "Wow, that's influencer marketing." It's a different kind of influencers. You get micro influencers, mm. which again have perhaps smaller audiences, but high levels of trust mm. versus celebrity influencers um, which have quite low levels of trust and mm. mm. um, because it's seen as more paid for sure. actually the the most trusted part of influencer marketing is tutorials so so mm. tutorials which aren't really seen as marketing and branded content mm. um, so it, again there's there's a wide variety of of trust within certain influencers mm. um, and and it depends on who those people are and what platform and um, they are yeah. they are in yeah look i mean trust is uh, is is a critical thing with the influencers um and celebrity influencers sometimes get it right sometimes get it wrong uh, Russell Erasmus, if I'm not mistaken, uh, got it right. 23 out of 26 observations and still got into trouble for for being an influencer who got it right. You're listening out there, Billy Beaumont. I'm talking about you, you idiot. Um, right. Okay. Just uh, we're getting close to wrap-up time. So a couple of quick questions. One, you know, how, how does everybody access re these reports? I know the, the media reactions. Um, and your uh, master chef is downloadable. Where where's the easiest place to get those? Uh, so if you if you just search for Ad Reactions or Master Chef South Africa, you can look on Cantar's LinkedIn pages, our Twitter pages, mm. my LinkedIn page. They're all there, and um, so you can download it. The Master Chef reports and. Um, it's called Media MasterChef, which we quite like. It's got a picture of you in it. It's got a got picture of Right at the back page, got a picture of Monique, yeah. Um, but, but no, we, we put it together because we realized that the value of, of high-quality insights and information. So you can download that report. It's 140 slides of just um, lovely learnings and all local. So that's one of the big questions we always get from clients is, Oh, you know, TikTok's great, but how does it work in South Africa? If you download that report, it gives you all the South African um, insights. It's brilliant. I would recommend to all the listeners, please go and download that because, you know, I'm kind of reviewing my textbook and I, and I just kind of was looking at that over the week and then I'm looking at your report. I could take chapter five out on media strategy completely out of the old textbook and just lob your stuff in there because <laughs> it really covers everything that you need to know about media strategy so i would definitely recommend that and then one intriguing point as well which i found interesting uh, test your ads in just 24 hours with the content a context lab 
So t- tell us a bit about the context lab. How do I go about? Is, is it a pretest essentially? What? So so context lab is just a it's a it's a name for a tool and which does exactly what it says. So it looks at um, your digital content in context. Mm. So we, we test it through our online panel. Um, and what makes it very different is that we place your ads in that particular consumer's newsfeed. So mm. it is in context. Mm. When we test a Facebook ad, it is literally within their Facebook newsfeed mm. or YouTube, it's a pre-roll within that. So it is in context and we give you behavioral metrics. So if you test it as a pre-test, we give you all those behavioral metrics and we can actually tell you what the engagement rates or the view-through rates or the click-through rates are going yeah. to be, yeah. which will be different. So if you're, if, if you're lead generation for finance, then you one click through um so we do that and if it is a post test then we can tell you how to optimize for example video content across all different video platforms because what you do for facebook is very different um to what you would do for youtube or tiktok for that matter what i would love to do is to get somebody to pre-test the the voiceover or the subtitles uh you know, on, on some of the, the video Lord. content. It is unbelievable. So, I mean, if you think watching, uh, you know, Squid Game in South Korean is confusing, just watch some of those video <laughs> subtitles at the bottom yeah. of, of these video pieces. I had a glorious one, um, Ashraf God. In fact, uh, I would also just encourage all the listeners out there, Ashraf God has started a new kind of a thought uh, leadership space last night. Uh, champion essay, hashtag champion essay, every Monday night, 5.30, to 6 that he's going to be talking about it so we had one last night but the inability i don't know if it's siri or whoever the auntie is that's desperately translating <laughs> is not equipped for the south african accent so we had paddy lahotla um the ex uh, you know stats statistics general or whatever the ex title was but between uh, between Paddy Lahotla and, and Ashraf, uh, the auntie who was in charge of subtitles really struggled so I'd like to see a tool which can sort that out but Monique, thank you for coming in. Really interesting and great stuff and really appreciate the kind of energy that's going into enhancing the media environment in South Africa. Doc, I'm going to yeah. admire your shirt. You're looking... Are you going out for lunch now? You're oh, looking well, I knew I was gonna suave here today. I you in my going to come out in the picture. I dressed, uh, I dressed up for the occasion. <laughs> I can see that. It's going to come out in the picture, which you'll find on Facebook. Uh, but yeah, thanks for coming in, Monique. Doc, you, you yeah. do the wrap. And to the listeners, thanks for thanks for joining us. Thanks, Gordon. Yeah, and again, you know, thanks, Monique. But but you know, to our listeners out there, be part of the conversation. We say it every week. You know, we've got fantastic guests. He has a lot of good work. I mean, to get through the reports, it's it's a bit of reading, it's a bit of discipline. But that's what you should be doing. You know. So my point earlier: don't get the paper and not work through it. Get the paper, work through it. Get onto Cantar's site. Uh, be part of it. Educate yourself. Spend time. And again, you know, Gordon, we've spoken about. The communications perhaps not flowing between the client, the media partner, and the creative house. Now, I've seen that, and, and again, I don't know if it's improved. I hope it has. Sit together in one room and have that discussion. Don't have the discussion separately. These things are intertwined. You, you've got to bake the cake. And quite interestingly, you know, I've been through your slides. The analogy of MasterChef, there's a lot of the ingredients are all there. Put it together. Monique, thanks very much uh, for your time. We really appreciate you coming in. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Great. Until next week, uh, catch the Doc and the Guru uh, every Thursday on all your favorite platforms. Ciao for now. Let's keep talking. And so that was another episode of the Doc and the Guru. Please don't uh, forget to get hold of us on Facebook. Like us, follow us. 
uh, subscribe to the podcast. And then from my side, you can get hold of me on LinkedIn, Dr. Doug Mataz. I'm uh, very active and very keen to hear about your views uh, and certainly will respond. And hopefully we can bring that into the show. Thanks, Doc. And it's uh, Gordon Miller, the guru, signing off. Thank you for being with us and listening into this podcast today. You can pick up the discussion with me on my Twitter handle, at Mzanzi Media. And I'd love to engage with you on any of the issues that we've taken on in the show. And take us at our word. This is really going to be an open forum. There are no subjects that are taboo. And we'd love to have some of the younger, more under-listened, if that's the correct phrase, uh, voices to join us uh, in this discussion. Thanks for your time. The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry.